Welcome to the Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are proudly sponsored by Tea Pigs. Nothing quite beats sitting down with your mates to have a good chat over a cuppa. Whether your brew of choice is an English breakfast, an Earl Grey or something herbal, Tea Pigs have got you well and truly covered. My go-to is definitely the lemon and ginger. I love the Earl Grey, but I also love the fancy pants herbal ones they do as well. Ooh. A few of the things we love about tea pigs are that they only use the best quality tea leaves, herbs and spices in their blends. Their tea packaging is all plant-based and plastic-free and they are a proud bee corporation and give back to tea-growing communities in Rwanda through on-pack donations. Pretty awesome, huh? Mm-hmm. So if you've been meaning to give them a try, now is the time, as they are offering you 20% off at tpigs.co.uk with the code GIRLGANG20. Go ahead and treat yourself, and you can thank us later. Go on, get yourself a brew. Hi gang, it's Laura here again. As promised, here is part two of our chat with L. Wright, also known as Feathering the Empty Nest. So we finished up on the last episode talking about Elle's husband and how he's been coping throughout their journey to bringing a baby home. So that's where we pick up at the beginning of this episode. Happy listening. How has he dealt with this? Because obviously it happened to both of you. How has he, he's been through the shit show too. So how has he dealt with everything and supported you? Or has he had much support elsewhere or? Um, he was actually wonderful. He wrote a chapter in the book for me because I didn't want the book, that book to just be about my experience of loss. I wanted it to exp- show how that experience hits a family, a unit. And so he wrote a chapter. My mum wrote a chapter. My sister-in-law wrote a chapter and one of my best mates wrote a chapter. So, and it was basically their story of, you know, of how they remember it playing out and what they felt like afterwards. And mm. and I, I really thought it was important for my husband to write what he had experienced from his perspective because I think male grief in loss isn't talked about that much. And I know you've yeah. had Chris Binney already on the podcast. and Love him. I've got a huge amount of respect for Chris and all of the work yeah. that he does. I think that he's a wonderful speaker. He's a great guy. And he's really, you know, representing the dads. And I think that is so, so important. Um, but, yeah, my, my husband's been hugely supportive of everything that I've wanted to do in, in Teddy's name. He's been really big with the fundraising. Um, over the years that we've done it, him and 10 of his mates cycled down France and up Mount Ventoux in 2018. And they raised 30 grand for the neonatal unit just doing that. Mm. He's really like... An excuse for a jolly with the lads. Hey. Said. I said, this is a glorified rugby tour or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were stopping at those vineyards. Dress it up as you, however you like. It's a I know what is going on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he, that's how he kind of, how he kind of deals with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's the type of person would say, right, okay, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do Practical. that. Practical. Really doers, aren't they? What can yeah, I do? Yeah. Yeah, what can I do? When you read back his chapter, were you surprised at the difference in his grief or was there anything in there that you were like, whoa, I didn't I didn't know you felt that way? I don't think there were any surprises in there. I think we have always been like brutally honest with one another. Mm. That's what we felt in any situation. And I think 
he's a good communicator for a bloke, which is probably why I married him. <laughs> Some of them can be a bit defunct. Let's, let's hope yeah. he's not listening to this because you don't want to expand yeah, There you head. go. Exactly. Um, for it safely downstairs. But yeah, I think I read it and I was just like, it was actually one of the toughest things to read, particularly when I did mm. the book because I was reading his words and my mum's words. And I think there's probably only one thing that hurts you as much as your own feelings is reading the hurt of somebody who you love that much yeah that makes sense to you guys absolutely yeah reading how much he hurt and reading how much my mum hurt just completely did me Mm. because I was like god it it takes your breath away it almost hurts more in some respects reading that I think you can so you can have although there is no control over this as a whole like you feel like you have control over your own what's going on in your own head but when you when you read the grief or, or listen to the grief of someone that you love there is literally no control and I think yeah. that must be something really difficult for mums and for husbands and for partners mm, yeah. to feel about us when they see us in this deep deep grief because there's nothing that they can do yeah and, and we're not in a position to support them at the time are we because we're dealing with it you're going ourselves. through it emotionally and physically mm. I think that's thing is when you're the one whose body is physically experiencing the loss or has given birth to a child who then dies you you feel the weight of not just the sadness of what has happened but the weight of the guilt because it happened on your watch does yeah. that make sense yeah totally. um, and so I can remember after Teddy died just continually saying sorry to everyone mm. I was just like, so I'm so sorry. My so, mum, I'm so sorry. And my mum was like, why are you saying sorry? Mm. But all I could see around me was all these people crying. And as far as I was concerned, everyone was upset and crying because I just had a child who died. So I was like, your brain does weird mm. shit to yeah. you, doesn't it? And it's like, okay, well, that's your fault. You probably need to apologise for that. And so eventually yeah. my mum was like, right, I'm banning the word sorry. No more sorry. I don't want to hear that word come out of your mouth. And and I remember doing the same thing after we had uh, the termination, constantly sitting there saying sorry to my husband. And he was like, oh, You've my written God. about it several times in the new book. You've written about about the, the guilt for letting, and feeling like you're letting people down. But do you guys understand that? Do you, yeah. do you get that emotion when you, yeah. you know, with, with a loss, you, when it happens in your body or, or you, like I say, you've given birth and you feel personally responsible. Mm. So then that you feel like you're shouldering all of that. Okay, this, mm, yeah. this is my fault. To some it's a kind of, it's people. like, I think it's almost a, you, sh- you feel like as a woman, you should know more about your body and you should know why it does certain things. Yeah. Because I had a mis- miscarriage and I felt really like embarrassed that I didn't know that my baby had died for, for weeks before the scan, you know, when they when they told me. And I remember saying to Rob, my husband, like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. You know, I didn't. There was nothing, you know, and you just feel and, you know, kind of in your in your most sensible mind that it's not your fault. You do know that. But yeah. at the same time, you feel this deep sense of like. Yeah, as you say, it was my watch. It was on my watch. It was in my body. Well, and like, it's called a miscarriage. So basically, the word is saying that you carried it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's shit. I think the language, um, and I know you guys have sort of touched on language and stuff like that in your post, but 
I think as as this conversation starts to evolve more with more women and people talking about loss, um, I do think that a lot of the language and the terminology needs to evolve with that conversation because yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't like termination for medical reasons. I heard somebody, a friend of mine, Laura, who who is also she um, lost her son Finley, and she referred to it in a blog post that she wrote for me a few years ago as a compassionate induction and oh that's mm. so much nicer isn't it because that is what it is is what it is it's mm. not a termination you're not yeah. terminating it's not an abortion love yeah. wanted child you have been told for whatever reason that that child is either going to die in utero or shortly afterwards you mm. know and you just you, before you know it you've got paperwork in front of you and you, you you're being made not made but you you're making a decision that isn't really a decision it's yeah, yeah. you know and I've, I ever since I read those words compassionate induction I thought yeah I really hate that one catches on because to me it just makes so much more sense but I think things like miss miscarriage and that's it, hopefully there's lots that needs to change yeah but do you know today obviously people this is not going live today but today was the day for anyone listening that New Zealand announced that people will get three days paid leave bereavement leave after a miscarriage that's pretty amazing we thought that shows that things are happening how much do we love her now I know right right I think she's so cool I wrote on someone that tagged me in the post of hers earlier and I was like yeah she could guys if you're done with her can you just send her over? Because she is awesome. I reckon yeah. she just thought shit out over here. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, the difference between her and Bojo? <laughs> yeah. It's like polar opposite. Polar opposite. <laughs> I know, I know. She'd never get stuck on a zip line or, or rugby tackle a child to the ground. <laughs> I love how you're picking up on his finest moments. <laughs> But yeah, I that that news today it was one of the first things where I looked at my news app this morning and that came up and I was just like, that is progress. The start of things, isn't it? it, And it is, and it is small steps like that, whether it's on our continent or not, it 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 will all contribute towards an evolution of how how things like loss are treated. Yeah, and, and managed, and um, and what level of support there is for people, and you know, it, it's going in the right direction. Mm. I think that is down to people being more open and honest about mm. how it really feels to go through something like that, rather than yeah. just pretending it's okay. Yeah, yeah. or pretending yeah. it didn't happen. Yes. So your new book, Bump in the Road, twenty ninth of April. Yeah, and that is all about pregnancy after loss, isn't it? Yeah. So it the the last sort of few chapters of pregnancy after loss the the main kind of story it sounds even weird calling it that because it's not a story it's my life um I start from kind of where I left off with ask me his name um and I tell a story of secondary infertility which was basically what I had after Teddy died and after Mm. I had a termination for medical reasons I was left with no monthly cycle um Mm. And then went through two years of um, investigations and tests, poking, prodding, many 
dates with the dildo wand um, that I kind of went through in this cycle of trying to find out what was going on because, you know, I'd got pregnant before and now I wasn't even having a period. I was like, Mm. okay, something's gone really horribly wrong here. Um, And And then then, how many cycles of IVF did you have? So I had three. Three. Um, The first one, so I went through before that, the year before that, and the year before that, I started on um, drugs, like uh, hormone drugs, uh, which were like, uh, you know, to mimic your cycle, to try and get things going. I did six rounds of Clomid, which, to be honest, just turned me into a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, a chemical pregnancy while I was doing Clomid. Um, then at the Christmas that year, two thousand and. 18 I did my first we did our first round of IVF um which I didn't even make it to egg collection so it's a non-starter and basically I just grew one massive follicle one big mother follicle that was no good to anyone um and so that was like a round but then it got got cancelled well it wasn't cancelled because it still counts as a round annoyingly um and then I did a round in January February 2019 now so round two was yeah. shit yeah so that one I fell pregnant felt like the universe was finally on my side and everything was going to be wonderful um and then began bleeding a couple of days later and initially they thought I had an ectopic pregnancy so I had ectopic surgery, but lo and behold, woke up from that to be told the good news and the bad news, as they put it. The good news is you haven't got an ectopic pregnancy. The bad news is we don't know what it is. Mm, yeah. So, you know, you're lying there waking up for anaesthetic, like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and then I got told to wait for a bit um, and we will have another look. Then I was told it was a miss miscarriage. So I went back in for surgery. Weren't you told that it was twins as well? Yeah. So I I, I found out that it was a twin mis- miscarriage. Well, they didn't know it was mis- miscarriage at that point. But when I woke up from surgery to have a DNC for a mis- miscarriage, I got told again, um, I'm really sorry we didn't do the procedure uh, because there's not one sack there, there's two. And now we've seen two we can't carry on we have to give it more time to see oh my god we speak to a lot of people or a lot of people write to us because they they go through this toing and froing that mm. that am I pregnant am I not am I losing it am I not week after mm. week after week and it's and we wait just two weeks torture and come back. Yeah. yeah it is a special kind of head fuck head fuckery that I just wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish those weeks of waiting and wondering and consulting Dr Google on anyone because Mm. they are really bloody miserable and because of course you're still hoping right yeah but then you're also trying to sort of prepare yourself for the worst yeah so you're trying to be sort of realistic maybe a little bit pessimistic just to not get your hopes up and also for me by the time I actually got it diagnosed and um it it was confirmed as a diagnosed miscarriage of twins uh I because I'd only had one embryo put in so it was it split so it was identical um and obviously your hormones go through the roof Mm. I felt so sick I could 
I could barely stand up. Like I remember the morning that I went into hospital for that procedure and they took my HCG and my blood and it was like however many thousand, it was ridiculous. So that's why it's really, it was really high because initially they thought it was really high because it was an ectopic. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't, it was it really wasn't. high because it was it's twins. twins. Yeah, and so I remember, so it kind of all started, the confusion all started at the end of February and it wasn't over until the end of March. So I had a whole oh. month of back and forth operation, back and forth operation. Mm. And, and bearing in mind, you know, the IVF had started at the beginning of January. So I was three months in to a mm. process that I thought was going to give us a pregnancy and a baby. And there I was in and out of hospital every week and a bit more bleeding. Oh no, that's stopped now. Oh, we're going to do another operation, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and at the end, I just What's remember that? the feeling of just emptiness, just unsurmountable loss yeah because you haven't just lost the pregnancy you've you've lost three months of your life and everything that you went through in that round of IVF to be just taken away from you and it was I remember that being really really hard emotionally like it was I think because we were coming up for Teddy's third birthday as well and I was just like how the fuck am I three years down the line into this? And I've now lost since him three more babies. And, and I am where I am. And I I remember, and I write about this in the book, we went to Cornwall over his birthday. And I remember on his birthday, just sitting there and just sobbing, just uncontrollably sobbing because that kind of emptiness and that loss from that recent experience just hit me like it just blindsided mm. me and I couldn't I couldn't function it was it was really bad gosh it's just such a lot to go through it is and we know that having a pregnancy won't ever replace the pregnancies that came before but it does give you hope for the future and it yeah. does distract you and it is at the end of the day what you are seeking and what you're fighting so hard for yeah so we I don't know about you but I've always been like a date chaser like I've got to be pregnant in time for this because that will make that less horrendous to deal with aren't we all don't we all man and this is why as you well know with fertility and the treatment and the drugs and the tests and the cycles you blink and you've lost three years of your life Mm. and you know what the hell just happened and it's because you were constantly jumping and I talk about that in the book you know I'm like oh god it's Christmas again because Mm. it was Christmas five minutes ago and what has happened this year and and you do you're chasing dates saying oh well I'll I'm going to go through that round of that and I'll be pregnant by then and then that and it and then it doesn't come and you just and then you kind of you feel like you kind of stood in the middle of like six lanes of traffic and you're in the middle stopped and you can just see everyone else yeah, yeah. past you and overtaking you it feels like they're not overtaking you we've got this weird thing in life I think particularly as women haven't we where we mm. think oh you know we're gonna have children by this day and this gonna and then we see everyone else doing it and we're just there just static just not quite yeah you chase those dates so hard that time just starts to sort of slip away from you and it's it's really terrifying Mm. yeah yeah we need to hopefully one day women can not lose those years of their life 
to this shit show i really hope that by creating sort of community and support to help people through those times and to to you know alice rose we've spoken to on the podcast and she deals a lot with mindset and I think that is so important because I mean I don't know about you but I feel like six years of my life was just shit and I wish I could go back relive it again knowing that I would get there eventually so that so that it wasn't all so tainted and that's the thing isn't it I remember kind of being in the middle of it and I I remember saying to one of my mates, do you know what? It would be fine if somebody could just hand me a crystal ball and say, look, this is what's going to happen in the future. So just calm the fuck down. Yeah, enjoy yourself in the meantime. Go and have a couple of glasses of wine. Chill out. Bottles. You know, know, and book that holiday or do that that thing. Or don't say you can't go to that because you might, you know, be going through IVF again. Just but that's not how life works, is it? And so no. you don't have that glance into the future. And I, I think a lot about kind of things that I haven't done or, or stuff that I've avoided or things that have passed me by over the mm. last few years because of the treatment that we were going through. And that once you get onto that merry-go-round, it's really hard to get off, isn't it? Yeah. It just mm. keeps sucking you back in again. And yeah that you just lose years and Alice does brilliant work and I also you know I I really recommend following Emma Cannon I know that Emma wrote oh you bought her book didn't you Bex I did buy her book yeah Emma Emma is also a great friend of mine now and um, we met a few years ago because she oh she wrote the foreword in your book didn't she I had to beg her no I didn't I'm just (laughs) (laughs) and do you know Um, what really something that really resonated in your book I know which bit you're gonna say when you went Mm. to see her and at the end of the consultation she said why do you want to have another baby yes and Mm. that was the first time I met Emma and she'd contacted me on Instagram because she'd heard through another friend of mine who'd been seeing her for treatment and I'd said oh it's so weird that you've contacted me I've just bought your book fertile because I saw somebody mm. talking about it on Instagram and she said oh if you ever want treatment I, I'd love to see you not a freebie just in case the ASA are listening now <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. I was a paying customer so anyway, I went in to see her and um and that was what she said to me at the end of the consultation and I was like why would you ask a bereaved mother why do you want another baby I would have thought that the answer to that was really clear because my first one died but it wasn't clear and nobody had ever dared ask me that before mm. because your mates aren't going to say that to no. you, are they? And it was just the way she said it. It was the way she delivered it and it was the way she said it. And she looked at me and she said, tell me and tell yourself, why do you want another baby so much? And without hesitation, it just came spilling out my mouth. And, uh, and she said, OK, when you get caught up, and this is she, Emma deals a lot in mindset, and I know that Alice has worked with Emma a lot as well. And when you get caught up in that, on that merry-go-round, you get pulled in, and you start to feel like you're living month to month, cycle to cycle, and it and it starts to get you down. Take yourself back to this and remind yourself what why you want this, what why you mm. why what is your end goal here what do you want why do you want a baby because it becomes so much about the process and not about what you're striving for and it mm-hmm. is 
so easy to get caught up in the month to month negative mindset but I found reading Emma's books and you know seeing her for treatment and and just following her on Instagram all of her content is free it's free Mm. you can just read her posts and her words and you you know she does brilliant courses you can sign up to about the the pillars of fertility that she works on to to ensure that people do you know find themselves not being caught up in that negative sort of cycle Mm. um and she's wonderful. She's brilliant. And as is Alice and Kat, the work that they do, I think they're they're brilliant. Yeah, Alice and Kat have both been on the podcast. And um, I've did... been on both of theirs. Oh, have you? Been around, I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> we did, um, we helped them out at, at their latest event, didn't we? And yeah. they gave us the stage for a little while. And <laughs> they probably regretted it hugely. They probably after. regretted it because it was right at Language the Language went. It did. But I, we forgot to say that they were both on our podcast, didn't we? Yeah, they were really cool. They came us. back on and they were like, well, <laughs> we were on your podcast and you didn't even say anything. So here we are, Kat and Alice were both on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Elle, so what does the future hold for you? Oh, blimey, there's a the question. That's a big question, isn't it? Sorry, I dropped that right in there. Do you think you've got it in you to do it again? No more books. And oh, I, babies. I, I'm talking babies. Oh, but I thought you meant but, but um, <laughs> Definitely no more books. Okay. Babies, I would love. I would love. I, I suppose, you know, I've always been really honest when I've written about things. But I always envisaged us with three children. Um, I'm one of three. My husband's one of three. Three mm. is the magic number. I know not yeah. three, but I feel. But I suppose I'm probably coming to the realization that although I might have three children hopefully one day that maybe only two of them will be here because Mm. I just don't know I mean the thought of doing it all again for one more is quite enough but doing it again for a fourth third who would hopefully be here Mm. I just I think because the time that it's taken so far mm. has taken up all of my 30s so far mm. you know we started trying for a baby when I was 29 and I'll be 36 next month and mm. you know, I have an eight month old but that's a really long time to be caught up in loss and infertility yeah. and you know all of that stuff and I so- feel exactly the same Two would yeah, do. You know exactly how I'm. I'm preaching to the converted here. I know that you know how that feels, and it's. I suppose it. You're raising the question to yourself: Do I have it in me? Do mm-hmm. I have it in me mentally, emotionally, and physically? Because as we all know, being physically pregnant and and having a baby is is hard work, and the recovery is is hard work. Yeah. I also think I don't know if I can put those around me through it again if you knew that it was going to be easy then yeah of course of course course I would go on to have another (laughs) but yeah how I don't know we've gone on to have another two losses since Bertie and I just think I don't know how long I can keep putting us all through this yeah I get that I totally get that and I think you know, I'm sure that there will be a time that 
Olivia gets to a certain age and people will start thinking oh I wonder if and then people who don't know you then ask don't they oh you only got the one you can have another one and well then you kind of have to one ruin their day by telling them that you don't only have one child and then tell them actually you don't know how easy it's going to be maybe to try and have another one and I just I I think ahead to those conversations and I just want to drop through the floor and disappear. Yeah sure must be so exhausting just thinking about that whole scenario. It is. I mean, even, you know, I was saying when we started chatting, we haven't been to any groups or anything like that yet because there hasn't been the opportunity to take her to any baby groups. But I'm kind of thinking when I was pregnant, I could hide away from the world because we weren't expected to go out anywhere. We weren't allowed to go out anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I never really had that. Oh, is it your first? Um, uh, Maybe on on one occasion, one or two occasions, one of which I wrote about. but I know that when I take her to baby groups, that, of course, is a general chit-chat question that's going to come up with mm. other mums. So I don't know. And I'm so confident in writing and talking about Teddy in what I do online and on my blog and day to day. But sometimes you're in that situation and it suddenly hits you yeah. <laughs> and you go and no noise comes out. And then you just look crazy and then you start crying and then because because you don't. That's the thing, I think, when when you have a a child who dies or you have anyone in your life who dies and who they're, you know, you're really close to. And I think maybe more so with children, because it's that chit chat that mums Mm. do to each other, isn't it? So that we think we can just ask all those questions as general get to know you conversation. And I think. um, yeah, that is tough. It's it's exhausting, as you just said. It's exhausting mm. to have to keep answering that all the time. Um, and I would love to be able to give Olivia another sibling, as I'm sure, Laura, you probably feel exactly the same way with Bertie, and you you want it so much for them as much mm. as you yourself. But mm. at the same time, you're thinking, okay, can I do that? Yeah. Tough one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just trying not to get bogged down in it and not let it affect me as much as it did beforehand and just enjoy him. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so important, isn't it? I think I have days now where nothing really gets done other than me just spending time with her and hanging out with her and staring at her and tickling her until she laughs her socks off and just... And I just love it. It's mm. so cheesy. I'm like cheese on toast now. But honestly, she... Sorry, I'll get emotional again. Bloody hell, what is wrong with me? I promise I haven't had a glass of wine. Or <laughs> Don't apologise. But honestly, she has, and I've said it before, she has brought a level of happiness back into our lives and into our home. That I just, mm. I genuinely thought it had gone forever. I didn't... Mm. I didn't think it would come back and there is not a day that goes by where I don't feel so so grateful for her yeah and yeah I just even if even if she she is it she is the only living child we will have then that's okay she is more than enough for Mm. me I yeah sorry (laughs) no don't apologize absolute mess (laughs) I think yeah it just it brings up those emotions doesn't it you know 
and I'm sure you felt the same when you when you had Bertie it's just you look at them and you just think you're amazing like, you yeah. Want to push that. yeah it's a miracle isn't it that anyone even gets pregnant and has a baby yeah. mental <laughs> absolutely it is spectacular really sorry oh, I don't apologize it was just so lovely to talk to you and to to meet to meet you like face well zoomy zoomy face to face in real life times we would have been doing this in the real life wouldn't we I guess we just do everything yeah. on zoom now that's just yeah just hey, the thank way it you is. for having me honestly this is like the first podcast that I have recorded in nearly a year I haven't oh. done anything like this um so yeah thank you for being so kind and um welcoming and and a bit sweary which I love Fucking weary. Uh, like absolute potty mouth here. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't said the c word yet. No. Let me say it. <laughs> no, we can't go that low. There's no coming back from that. What about in the finale episode? <laughs> no, Laura. You guys are building up. To <laughs> I just don't think we can build up to a c bomb. I really okay. don't. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's a wild one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we'd love to keep in touch. Um, and yeah, good luck for the future. Oh, thank yeah, you, so girls. Much. It's so honestly, it's so nice to chat to you both because it's really weird, isn't it? When you obviously, I read all, all your posts, and I know you guys are so good at posting, and and I'm shit at posting anything online. <laughs> Self confessed, worst Instagram ever. Um, but it's just different on a different is. You can't beat chatting, can you? No, no, you really can't. But honestly, girls, thank you so much for having me. I've really loved chatting to you, and okay. yes, love the else. rest of your Sunday evening. Thank you. It's not Sunday. It's Thursday. Oh, <laughs> shit, I've got to go work tomorrow. I actually thought you'd have to on Sunday, mate. You'd have to go uh, up and work on sun- it's Monday anyway. Even better, That's true. You've, just, you've just got a free weekend. <laughs> thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week <laughs> <laughs>